As the old saying goes, knowledge is power. But like many of the messages in Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury, this too is flipped on its head. We last left off with some basic knowledge and some thought-provoking information when it comes to nihilism, the purpose of man in life. Today, we're going to continue exploring that in which we're going to look to newer characters that have become more and more important and how previous characters have developed, as well as the sort of events that have been going on and what this actually means and what sort of thoughts or ideas this may communicate. So beginning with Montag, our traditional guy, protagonist extraordinaire. As a fireman, he had previously experienced a handful of thought-provoking revelations after interacting with Clarice McCall in which it becomes the idea of strangeness. Why is Clarice so strange? Where did she get all this information? And what makes her so unique from other people? Well, Montag establishes this via knowledge, in which she must have an access to knowledge and at seeing as how the only vehicle of information, books, are banned, and he has not had access to books, this sort of banned information must be where Clarice is getting her information from and what makes her so unique compared to other individuals. Specifically her peers, her student peers, mind you she's 17 in high school. School is not necessarily school so much as general PE and gym, in which the only education there is is how to play sports. That's it, how to become an athlete and how to become an entertainer. That's virtually it. But moving away from that, Montag continues to develop his sort of character arc, if you will, in which he's wanting to explore more and more knowledge and maybe even look into the boundaries of books, which heavily step over the sort of legal laws we've seen set previously in the previous section. Well, it turns out in a previous errand in which they were, firemen were called to a house allegedly with books their woman of the house, the owner, chose to stay with the house as it burned down with all of the books in it. This, your traditional arson, has now become murder. And this is the first time Montag has actually been exposed to the loss of life. During this event in which he heavily, heavily was against it, the actual killing of another human being, in rebellion, he stole one of the books. This book being the Catholic Bible, the Christian Bible. This actually is not the first book he's stolen. While it's illegal to have books, and as a fireman, it's incredibly hypocritical considering your job is to burn books, Montag reveals that he's had a stash for several years now, just sitting in his vent. And Mildred, his wife, had no idea about this. Speaking of Mildred, her previously established character, staring at screens doing nothing, is still consistent one of the few consistent characters in the world, in which after finding out about Montag's stash of books, she immediately freaks out and starts burning them because she's been taught her entire life that books are inherently bad because it's ink on paper and not lights on screens. But anyway, Mildred and Montag are not the only ones to actually know about this. One of the previous characters, B, who is the fireman chief and captain, actually comes to Montag's home after Montag Montag calls him sick. Well, BD really just drones on about how books are inherently bad and how firemen should not have books. Mind you that he didn't openly know Montag had books, but heavily implied it, with his last line 
emphasizing how if a fireman traditionally takes a book in 24 hours, if the fireman does not burn the book, then the firemen at the station come to burn down his home. Grim stuff. But in addition, there's another previous character, one to Beatty's other side of the coin, the Hound. No, not an actual dog, but a mechanical robot, an eight-legged weapon, basically. It's, it less resembles a hound, and is mostly called of it because of its tracking capabilities. As if spiders needed to get any freaking worse. But I digress. The hound is mistaken as an actual animal, the dog, sniffing at Montag's home one day, in which the, him and his wife are openly talking about the books. No filters, no, like, whispering or anything, just openly talking about it in the safety of their own home. While this hound is sniffing at their home, it's also recording the audio that it hears. So it's safe to say BD had a lot of suspicion about Montag, and he was correct. But moving on, what really gets Montag down this train the largest is Clarice. Previously mentioned Clarice McClellan was simply just a new girl to her facility neighborhood in which she was considered strange. And as previously mentioned, it was because of this knowledge. However, it turns out Clarice was killed via vehicular manslaughter just a few days previously, and no one batted an eye. In this, not only has Montag fallen into a depression, but a heavy mission in order to isolate A, what made Clarice so special, and B, if these books have anything to do with this knowledge. Well, again, while knowledge may be power, information on its own is useless. It's wisdom being able to know how to apply information that makes knowledge useful. So Montag immediately seeks out a teacher, but of course, education is bad. No one teaches any sort of literature or language, and anyone who might have previous knowledge of books is on a suspicion list basically an FBI watch list for who may have books, and therefore you will go to hell for it. But anyway, Montag settles upon Faber, who is a previously previous professor at university. Mind you, again, universities no longer exist and are not facilitated in any way. And essentially Faber is incredibly suspicious when he hears a call from Montag asking for help on books, immediately denying these sort of alleged allegations. But as Montag seeks out, seeks out Faber, it turns out the two are actually agreeance in the sort of wrongness against information. That this weaponization of culture against books is not only uncalled for, but actually incredibly hurtful to society as a whole. So the two of them actually come together and want to start working towards the undermining of society. Now, this revolution in itself I think is quite interesting, in which these are two individuals. Not only is Montag very, very, very open about how he reads books and he has books. Basically, he went um, on his way to Faber's home on the subway. He was reading a book, holding a physical book in public as everyone else was eyeing him. Mind you, everyone knows that books are illegal. So this sort of revolution in itself I am very interested in how it will develop, considering that Faber and Montag are basically starting a race with two broken legs, and they've got five miles to go. But at the same time, of course, because they have protagonist armor, 
it's very interesting to see where they might go, whether they'll succeed in their mission of sort of undermining society or whether they'll be crushed and the message in itself will be incredibly depressing and moot. Either way, the second section, the sieve and the sand, deserves more attention. Sadly, information that can't be all put into one into single recording, but information that warrants further study as to how it may continue to affect the third section of the book, the third and final section. But without further ado, that will be enough for today. Whether it be the thoughts of the characters, knowledge is indeed power, but having the wisdom to apply that knowledge is infinitely more powerful.